Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Buy a Business Near Me, brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, helping business brokers sell more local businesses. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Buy a Business Near Me. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with investment business brokers, Mr. Jordan Kelleher. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? I am doing well, and I've really been looking forward to this conversation. It's got a ton of questions, and I know I'm not going to get to them all, but one of the things I, I knew I wanted to ask you, any particular types of businesses, industries that are kind of hot right now? Um, well, we're seeing a lot in the tech space, which you know makes sense with everything going on, the video streaming, the media. Uh, one thing that caught our eye, which we've been right in the hot tail here, is, is staffing. Staffing companies. Um, and, you know, it doesn't take much to to realize why, if you look over the last two years of, of what's been going on in the economy, people need help, people need employees. And so they're turning to the re- these recruiters to uh, seek help to find talent for their company. So the staffing industry has been fairly hot over the past two years, what we've been seeing on our end. So a lot of our listeners are, I guess I should say, going to be first-time buyers. What are some of the things they can expect in the process? I think, you know, just for general thing, too, is just expecting that it is what you call it a process, right? And we always tell people, whether it's representing a first-time buyer or a, a first-time seller of a business, you know, these transactions can take anywhere from nine months to 12 months. So I think if you're setting out to go buy your first business, is, you know, one, pick an industry that you like, you find enjoyable, that you may have some expertise or knowledge in. Um, get a, you know, a financial guy on your side, but then just expect that this will be a process. There will be some due diligence you have to go through. It's, it's a roller coaster of a process um, as long as you stick to it and, and you stick with your goal of wanting to purchase a business and get into it. You can pull it off fairly easily and, and having a good broke on your side is obviously worth the weight in gold. So what is your backstory, man? How did you get into this line of work? I've always been fascinated by by finances, right? I started out actually in the trucking and transportation, the, the logistics world. I was actually a freight broker, and and I liked that. I liked high stress environments, dealing with relationships. But I spent all my free time going home and listening to podcasts about finances and the economy and what's you know what's moving where and going where. And so I wanted to get into the financial world, and I kind of forced my way into uh, business brokerage, and I've loved it ever since. It's been kind of Everything I've liked just in the world that um, I used to spend my free time reading about. And so I get to do what, what I was always learning about. So it's just uh, I, I stuck with trying to get into that into that industry. And I finally got into it. And I've loved it ever since. Well, I can tell that you love it. You clearly in, enjoy it. What are you enjoying the most at this point? What really gets you fired up about the work? I, you know, I think the ment is a weird, weird part of it, but for me, it's the mental aspect of it, right? When the first time I got into it, you know, I was told immediately, this is going to be a roller coaster, right? You know, with the industry being, uh, you know, mainly commission based, and you know, I'm sure a lot of real estate agents understand what I'm saying too. Is you're going to have 
brutal days that are going to test you mentally and you're going to want to just quit for the day and then stop read all calling people or doing your sales calls or following up. It's tough. But if you can kind of overcome that part of it, you get to see the highs of the highs. And a lot of the times those are higher moments than, you know, the average uh, nine to five job that I had in my past. And so it's very rewarding. Um, it's very challenging. And I think I like that aspect. I like both. I like the extremes on both ends, the high rewards and, and pushing through the hard times as well. So I recognize that there's the whole sales and marketing process for the the business that you may be working with, but how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a guy like you, a, a business like yours? Because you've got to get out there and, and get new clients to make this whole thing work, right? On both sides of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. And I know <clears throat> just from when I first started, I had, uh, you know, I got in the industry and I didn't have a lot of money to pay for marketing. I mean, there's a lot of lead list you can buy. You can buy companies to do that. And I just simply didn't have the cash when I started. And I was on the emails every single day. And I wasn't much of a phone cold caller just because I didn't think it was, I think it was too aggressive calling when a business owner and asking if they wanted to sell their business. And so I did a lot of cold emails. And what I found out fairly quickly is that you don't get a response or a yes in the same week, in the same month, um, sometimes not even the same quarter. It takes time to nurture those relationships. And that's when it clicked for me is is really building those relationships. And you get someone that ends up trusting you, wants to work with you. Um, you give them your full attention. You give them everything you got. And they end up passing your name on to somebody else. And it's just like anything in this world is, is your reputation starts to leak out into the marketplace and your name gets out there. And I think that's that's number one way to really market and, and sell yourself is, is providing as much value and actually trying to figure out the client's goal, right? Why are they doing this? And there's there's more to it than a business decision. You know, they've got family and they might have kids they got to take care of. So a lot of these is personal, big decisions, big life decisions. And so if you can understand that and be in their shoes and help them, they, they seem to always pass your name along. And, and the word of mouth is a very powerful thing. Well, and, and cultivating those relationships, certainly it makes sense that there's a time investment there. Let's talk about time and timing on helping someone buy or sell a, a business. How much, I don't know, runway, I guess you would call it, does one need to effectively sell, get ready and, and sell a business? Um, well, we always look at the previous three years, right? And so, and it can vary. I know banks, if you wanted to sell your company, Banks like to look back at the last three years. Um, they've been pretty easy and not as harsh on 2020 because of the, the COVID pandemic. So they've been okay with that if numbers slipped a little bit. Um, but if you're looking to sell your business, I would say take a look back at your last three years. Take a look at your profit and loss statement, your tax returns, your balance sheet. Are you in the positive? Are you trending upwards? Does that look good? So you can at least paint the picture of saying, look, our company is growing. Um, you know, whether that owner wants to stay on at some capacity or get out whole right there. You can at least show that you are growing, you're improving, and you've got room for growth. So if you hit a downturn or a couple, two bad years in a row, I would take the time to look at your expenses, look at your customer concentration. I like to keep that below 15 to 20%. Tighten up a few expenses if you need to, and really try to make sure that those last three years look good. There's, they show growth year over year over year, and, uh, and it shouldn't be too difficult uh, to sell once those numbers look good. But if you need to take the time to get those three years looking good, then take the time to get those three years looking good. It will pay off. So with the current market and the current economic situation, what does this kind of activity, this buying and selling of businesses, uh, merger and acquisition activity, I guess I got to believe that any current economic situation has some impact on the levels of, of this activity. Yeah. 
It absolutely does. And honestly, as kind of watch everything that goes on each day. It's a little nerve-wracking at times. And I think today, actually, November 2nd, the Fed's meeting on, on the prime rate again. And that looks like that's going to go up another 75 basis points. So now our prime rate's going to be uh, 7%. And so it makes first-time buyers wonder, you know, is this the right time to do it or not? However, at the end of the day, you still have people who move forward. You have people who want to pursue their goals and make their company grow. And, and whether they want to increase their top line revenue, there's still companies and individuals out there who don't let something like this affect them. And although I know the rates come into play, so it does affect you, but there's tons of private equity out there sitting on dry powder. And there's 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 plenty of cash out there that uh, people are utilizing to grow or to take advantage of opportunities right now where people are kind of stagnant and staying still, not doing anything. Um, you've got aggressive people out there who had, to, had the, uh, the discipline to sit on some cash and to now make some moves while no one else is doing that. And they're either buying cheap or or they're selling at, at good prices. So it is It is it's something to keep your eye on, um, as it is nerve-wracking for some people, but then at the same time, you have to look at the whole grand scheme of things, that there's still people making moves and making plays, and there's still money out there. There's still people and corporations sitting on money right now. So talk about deal structure a little bit, if you would, because it doesn't always have to be just a straight up cash deal at the table. Here's the cash. Here's the keys. It, it, it often involves some some other things, right? That's the fun part of, of what we get to do, I think, is that uh, you can structure this however you want. We call it seller's expectations. And so if someone wanted to come to us and sell their business, you know, I have a great example of somebody right now that he built a great business. It's trending year over year. Um, and he wants to sell just a portion of it, and we call it an earnout. So he'll sell, uh, you know, 60% of his ownership, and then in five years down the line, he's going to sell 40% based on the growth of the company in those five years. So you can structure it in all these different ways. You can have seller financing. Obviously, you can bring banks involved. You can do earnout structures. It really is how you want to approach the deal. And then if you can get both sides to agree with that you can make a lot of deals work that you may not think were possible. And, and, you know, that goes for first time buyers also, right? If you're sitting there and you, you know, just a few 50,000 or a hundred thousand dollars in your savings thinking it's not enough. Well, I think you'd be surprised if you went out to, you know, your city and walked around town, you found a small business you liked, uh, go find a business broker to start the introductions and see if that seller's willing to sell a portion of it. Or if they want to do an earnout over, you know, three to five years, that way you don't have to give 100% or 100% of your cash up front. You could maybe finance some of it through a bank or you could finance it through the seller. They'll, they'll be willing to take payments over the years from you. Um, and you can use that business to help make those payments. And so there's a lot of creative ways to acquire a business if you're looking to do that. It's just getting on the same terms of the seller and yourself. Um, and obviously, I'm going to be a little biased to saying a broker will help you do all of that and, and will ease the the stress of having those conversations. So as you came into the business and now that your practice is evolving, have you had the benefit of one or more mentors to help you kind of, kind of navigate the way? <laughs> um, yeah. And I will even say his name, our managing director, Bill Bromley, he took a chance on me. I lived up in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And I, this is when I wanted to get into that finance space. I really, I, I'm fascinated by the game of, of money and, how people reach these levels. It's not so much chasing money, but it, to me, it's a game. It's how are these individuals getting so high? Well, there's a piece of knowledge that they have that I don't, or there's experience they have that I don't. And so I knew if I could get in a circle of people who had the knowledge and the experience, I could fast track my way 
into those positions. And I emailed a bunch of business brokers in desirable areas of my eyes. I was looking at Tampa and Dallas and uh, Bill Brownlee. He was the managing director at Investment Business Brokers here in Dallas, Texas. And he said, come on down. I'll teach you everything. We're commission-based. Um, you know, I could use some help, but I'll teach you everything. And he's been probably the, you know, the number one business mentor I've ever had in my entire life. He's taught me everything I know about the industry. And it's, it's, it's crucial to seek out people like that. If you're super aggressive about achieving a goal, you know, and it's, it sometimes doesn't always fall in your lap. You have to go out there looking for individuals like that and, and offer, you know, help or services or value for that individual in exchange for teaching, exchange for knowledge. And I was fortunate enough to find someone like him and he's taught me everything I know about business brokerage and, and a lot of the financial industry. So it's, it's a key uh, key aspect if you're hungry and, and looking to grow out there. Find someone with experience, find someone with knowledge, and just soak all of that in and it will speed up your process. So are you finding that you personally are gravitating to certain types of businesses or industries or that, uh, that you have a, a favorite type that you really, really like to work with? I, I personally like the trucking industry um, just because I, I have a very good uh, base of knowledge around that. I understand the lingo and the talk in that industry. So I like working in that industry. I, I like the staffing industry just because it's hot. It moves fast. But we're industry agnostic at our firm, and so we're, we, we welcome all different types. Um, but for me personally, I like working in the trucking industry, and I like working in the staffing industry. Those are two of my favorite. They seem to be hot. They move quick. And so it's fun, but it's fun to see all these other ones coming. We get a lot of, we get a lot of software companies and tech coming into, and, and those obviously are usually our hotter listings because it's more intriguing. It's, it's what our, our daily lives are. Everyone's on screens now and connected on social media. And so it's, they're hot listings every time we get those too. So I'd say those three are probably my favorite industries. Well, and I would think that being part of the investment business brokers team, you would have access to other what would you call them, use cases, examples where you could bring knowledge or lean on some team members to to help someone in an industry because you've probably done it before, right? That, well, that's exactly it. And it's, it's, you know, it's funny you say that, actually, because, you know, we've been uh, dealing in the staffing industry for, for about heavily, heavily for about two years now. And we were talking about it the other day of just how much knowledge we gained with just Again, their acronyms they use, the lingo they use. We're like, whoa, I actually, I understand how to, you know, operate a staffing business just from the talk back and forth. But then, like you just mentioned, we can now get on a call with a staffing owner and, and speak their language. And it's, it's very comforting for them to hear that and understand that we know your industry. We understand your goals and your objectives and how you bring in money. We, we can see your business structure and we have a clear understanding, which makes everything easier from both parties. And it obviously makes the, client or potential client much more comfortable when they hear that a broker understands what they do. All right, before we wrap, let's leave, if we could, a couple of pro tips on either or both sides of the equation, uh, selling, buying a, a, a business, just a couple of things that people ought to be thinking about doing, not doing, reading. And of course, you look, gang, number one pro tip, reach out and have a conversation with Jordan. <laughs> but, you know, between this mm -hmm. step and, and between this, listening to this and that step, uh, maybe just a couple of things that, that would help them start kind of going down this path and learning more. Yeah, absolutely. As far as the sell side, I think I'm going to mention that again about the past three years. You know, whether you're at retirement age or you want to move on to a new 
um, avenue of interest and you are seriously thinking about selling your business, I would take a look at your financials and I would make sure that the last three years look good. And if they do, then I would start that process. And, and like you mentioned, you know, have a conversation with somebody in the, within the industry. Call me. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about it all day long. Right. But get, get a knowledge of what is this going to look like? What are my fees? What are the processes going to be? Who can I expect to inquire in my business? Once you have your finances set in place, your business looks good. You're going to want to get a valuation. Go hire a broker. Have them help you through it, right? And and from there, it's just being responsive and getting questions answered throughout the process, right? And and that's that's it. It's, it doesn't need to be crazier than that, right? And then on the buy side, you know, whether you're a first-time owner or you're looking to acquire another company to grow yours, right? It, it's kind of the same thing. It's just understand the process. Do you have the uh, the cash in the bank to to make the purchase? Are you going to have capital left over? Because if you're going to pull out a loan, the bank's going to want to see you still have some capital sitting in there in case anything happens. So it's just it's preparing before making the decision. And so you, I would say prepare, get everything in order, your finances in order, get a little educated, talk with a few brokers here and there, listen to a podcast here and there, and then go pull the trigger and make the decision and commit to the decision. Well, Jordan, it has been a real pleasure having you on the program this afternoon. Thank you for investing the time and energy to share your insight and your perspective with us. This has been very informative, and you're doing important work out there, man, and we, we sure appreciate you. I, well, I, hey, I appreciate the opportunity for even being on here, and I hope there's at least one person out there I have made of help. So thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Jordan Kelleher with Investment Business Brokers and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Buy a Business Near Me.